Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining for another episode of the Black Girl and Own podcast. Black Girl and Own creates space for women of color to breathe easy. We promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-love, self-care, and self-empowerment for communities of color. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to visit our website, blackgirlnome.com, to sign up for our emails. Once you do so, you'll immediately get our 10 tips to kickstart your wellness journey. I think they're pretty cool and inspiring, and hopefully you will too. So this is Lauren Ash. Hey, y'all. This is Aki and Ajiba. And we're your co-hosts. Shout out to everyone who's been listening since day one. Yes, y'all are the real MVPs. (laughs) For real, though. (laughs) This is episode nine. Wow. We might have to do something special for episode 10. For episode 10. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a little surprise for y'all for episode 10. Yeah. Hey, if you have any ideas of what you like, tweet us. Black Girl and Elm. Just let us know what you're interested in. Like a little goodie, you know, a little giveaway. Or if you have any questions, please let us know. Yes. We always love to hear from you. Yes. So, Zakia, how you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, it's been an interesting week, um, although very productive. So I think today for me is just all about like getting myself back together and relaxing. I've also been doing like more reading lately. So there's this book I've been reading and I'm almost done with it. So I'm kind of like excited about finishing it. What's the book? It's called Outliers. Oh, yeah. By Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've seen his books everywhere and like everybody reads them. And I was like, I'm not going to read this because then that would be corny. (laughs) But they actually give you a lot of insight into like how outliers play um, an important role in how people are like successful. Like what contributes to a person's success, whether it's like the year they were born, the type Mm -hmm. of culture they grew up in, even like the type of town or like geographic location that they're like placed into like it's really interesting I I think I'm gonna read the rest of the books yeah (laughs) yeah because he has a bunch I've read a few chapters out of that book for a class that I was in um, but I haven't read the whole thing but I do remember it being very interesting it is interesting well I'm excited for our book club yes (laughs) do you want to share we should some info about that in case anyone else there wants to informally join us um so myself Zakia our friend Chelsea who we just had this on the show um for episode seven and then our friend Dion a lot of you probably also know about Dion as well Dion Ivory we're all going to be starting a a book club this fall and the first book that we're starting with is going to be the parable of the sower by Octavia Butler um Octavia Butler's work has been, you know, been critically acclaimed for quite some time. Um, she's no longer with us, but her work is very Afrofuturistic, very rooted in black feminist ideologies and um, environmentalism. And she speaks a lot to what's happening all around us right now. I haven't read her work yet. And I think actually Chelsea's the only one who has read her work out of the four of us who are doing the book club yeah, so we're just gonna is. you know chat about it have some mimosas have some food it's gonna right. be cute it's gonna be nice <laughs> i'm excited me too yeah my week has been going pretty pretty well as well i mean a little hectic i moved last week so i'm still unpacking and you organizing did my move life. yeah congratulations again on that. like i know it's stress it's been like a little stressful but yes that's still a big transition mm-hmm. it is but I'm excited. I have enough space in my apartment to like 
practice yoga with like multiple people around me. Like my boyfriend and I practice yoga together. Last that night. is so cute. <laughs> it was really cute. I'm not going to lie. It was really cute. <laughs> that is adorable. And I it was it. his idea, actually. So oh. I liked that. <laughs> That's like my partner recently taught me um, these new like comedic breathing exercises Ooh. to do after my yoga practice teach me and like I was like how do you know this and he was like I've been doing this for a long time and I'm like okay <laughs> you got the knowledge I guess um That's awesome. but yeah it was like a whole new thing that I had like learned to like do after yoga it was like this really it. intense like breathing exercise yeah okay well we yeah. might have to talk about that on the next show yes maybe we yes. should have um, a comedic yoga instructor on the show actually yeah, That'd I know phenomenal. there's a few on the South Side because mm-hmm. I know like the South Side has like this really long tradition of like comedic yoga practitioners. Right. And they've been like there's people who have been like doing it for like over 30 years on the South oh, Side. That's amazing. We have to get it's, in touch with them. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, well, amazing. Well, let's get into today's show. We have a phenomenal guest with us. Super excited to have the Aniza Ali joining us to talk about her poetry, to talk about love, to talk about what it means to be a daughter, and some other things. So, hi, Aniza. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yes. So, what about you? How's your week going? Tell us uh, what you recently did last week. Something exciting. Yes. So, I got married. Congratulations. Yes, we got married Saturday um, at the Botanic Gardens in Denver, and I just, it was just, it was amazing. It was so beautiful. Um, Both of us are still on such a high um, from the weekend, and the room was, it was just filled with so much love, so it was amazing. (laughs) That's so great to hear. I mean, I think that marriage is I mean I don't know anything about it to be honest because I haven't been married yet you can <laughs> Me look either. on the outside We're both <laughs> but it's always inspiring when you see someone um who goes into it with so much thought and I mean obviously with your poetry you you write and and think obviously a lot about love and about vulnerability so it was really beautiful to look and to see some of the moments that you did choose to share with us on your Instagram and the love that you spoke about never really feeling like you would be able to have or feel. And you, you very obviously do feel that in your new union. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it is, I do speak about it a lot um, in the book. Um, Actually on Saturday, we've been together for nine years. Um, But the first, I don't know, the first few years of the relationship, it was, you know, I just wasn't sure where, think where it would end up because I wasn't sure if I was loving him right. Um, I didn't know what loving the correct way looked like. I didn't know if there was a right way. Um, so to end up where we did on Saturday, it, it's, it was, it was like a dream. Um, so, and I'm sure you've grown a lot together within those nine years. Like, I just can't imagine like, what that's like being beside someone for nine years. Yeah, we definitely have. Um, The last, I think three years ago, we actually started going to counseling together. Um, 
it was about four years ago when I started going for myself um, because I just got to a point where I knew like my writing um, and just other practices that I was doing, it got to a point where it didn't seem like it was enough. So I started going to counseling um, and then he actually thought that it'd be a good idea for us to begin to go together. And I mean, the growth that has happened within even the last three years um, has just been amazing. Just having um, a third party helping us, you know, through communication and trust and all of these things. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's been, it's been amazing. And just many couples don't, I don't think enough couples you know, step outside of the relationship and go to counseling. They don't, you know, a lot of our friends that we've spoken to, they don't think they need it. Um, and I just think it's so important. Absolutely. It's something I've considered. I personally have gone to um, a therapist in the past. I'm not currently, but uh, I should. <laughs> I think everyone <laughs> should, to be honest, um, just as a preventative yes. measure and also just to as a means of like reflection, um, on like your life, your experiences, especially your childhood. Um, but I think that's really powerful. It's absolutely something I'd love to do in my relationship as well. Um, and not even as a means of like responding to things that are like quote unquote wrong or like bad or like, you know, the, the more negative things that we think oftentimes that you need to go to a therapist for. But I think in terms of just preventative measures, like learning how to love each other, learning how to communicate better, mm -hmm. learning how to like prepare for seasons that we all go through where we're not at our best. So I think it's great, too, that you're vocal about the fact that you and your partner have gone and, and do go to um, a counselor together. Yeah. And, you know, something that when we first started going, something that I had never thought about, um, you know, she was at our therapist was asking us, well, how do you respond when he does this or when she says this? Um, so we would talk about these things and then she'd ask us what. So how did your parents respond? How did you witness your parents responding in similar situations? And she really brought up this idea of like a lot of our actions being family of origin and, um, you know, you do things that within a relationship that you witnessed your parents doing. And when she said it, you know, we were both like, how didn't we figure that out? How didn't we realize that we were doing things that, um, our parents, um, you know, were, were, showing us um but it's I don't it's nothing that you ever really think about we imitate we imitate so well we learn it from when we're babies and we keep doing it and it's unconscious I think mm -hmm. at times we were just so blown away um and I mean a lot of my actions were from the examples that my father set um and I had never I had never noticed it. So when she brought it up, even, you know, um, healing myself through that. And, you know, for so long, I was like, I don't want to be like him. I don't want to react to things the way he did. Um, so I had to really come out of that. Um, so so, yeah, it's just crazy. The things that we pick up on and we don't even 
realize. Right. No. So I'd love to come back to um, your relationship with your father in a moment, but I'd first love to make sure that our listeners actually know about your recent body of work, Anonymous. Congratulations for publishing it. I understand you also self-published, which is major. Um, So could you talk a little bit about Anonymous itself, but also the process of creating that book and the themes that you talk about within it? Of course. Um, So I started writing Anonymous about three years ago. Um, and when I first started writing it, it was, I was writing these like small affirmations to myself. Um, because I was really, I was in this space where I was trying to figure out how to love myself and trying to convince myself that, you know, I was worthy of, you know, loving myself. Um, So, you know, I was writing these affirmations to myself surrounding that, um, which show up throughout the book. Um, And then I started doing more writing towards my relationship with my father, which led to me um, writing about learning to love myself and someone else outside of this relationship. Um, I guess one of the major themes is, or one of the pieces in the book um, really talks about how, you know, your father is quote unquote supposed to be um, the first man who loves you, who teaches you, uh, who teaches you how um, you're supposed to receive love, how you're supposed to be respected um, and not, I guess, not getting that from from him and then trying to figure out you know your way around that around not learning how to do that and how to teach yourself how to love outside of yourself how to love yourself so it's it's so much about loving and um one of the I guess one of the things that I've one of the ways that I describe it best is This book is about learning how to love outside of the chaos and how to love outside of trauma. Um, And that's loving yourself and loving someone outside of yourself. And I love that you said um, loving outside of chaos and outside of trauma, because I've realized and I didn't come to this realization until maybe at the end of last year, sometime around like the beginning of this year. But I've come to realize that a lot of the traumatic experiences that I had as a child, like those were like the ways that I was like treating people in my relationships. Um, And I wasn't I wasn't really aware of it until I was actually questioned about my childhood. And that's when like some of the pieces like started falling together. And so I think now I'm in this space where I am in. a more recently newer relationship, but I think it's allowed me to be like more aware and like preventative about how I treat this person and how I communicate with this person as opposed to communicating in my past relationships from a place of um, trauma that I had never really um, got through. Yeah. And, you know, I I've I've been so I'm so grateful that my husband has, you know, been with me through trying to figure a lot of that out because I mean in the beginning of our relationship I just I was in such a 
a, such a negative and dark space. Um, and like you said, you don't know where, you know, certain certain things that you're doing or ways that you're reacting to things. You don't fully understand where those are coming from. Um, and, you know, I'm just, it's, it's just crazy the way, um, the way things happen, um, you know, in the beginning of our relationship, I was very, very much like my father, very verbally abusive. And, um, and, you know, you know, that it's wrong, that you're treating someone this way, especially someone that you say that you love. But it's, it's almost hard to control or like, find your way out of it. Um, so I, I'm just very, very grateful that I have found my way out of it, mostly through my writing and through therapy. Um, but yeah, and I'm just, like I said, so grateful that he's, you know, I, in one of my pieces, I talk about, you know, being with someone who will help you unpack the contents of your baggage, but who won't, um, make it their own, but will, but who will help you sort through it all. Um, so, so that's, that's, it's just been so amazing to have, you know, someone who will help me unpack. That's such a powerful metaphor too. I think that's actually one reason why I've always been really drawn to, um, Erica Buddy's bag lady, like this notion of like letting go, but also like letting, like letting go. That's like one of the most, it sounds like an easy thing to do, but it's not, you know, because in the act of letting go, it's also important to acknowledge what you're letting go of and work through it in a really meaningful way. And I'm not saying this as a professional by any means. I'm saying this as someone who's still doing that. Right. I feel it always is like letting go or like the process of healing is like it can be really hurtful. So I've always thought of it as like kind of like a scab or like yes. pulling the layers off of something and yeah. like. It's painful for that given moment, right. but through that process, you're healing yourself and you're actually able yep. to let go of things. It's like healing something the right way because scabs kind of um, form naturally right. like over a wound that we may not even be really thinking about and looking at. Right. So it's almost like when you delve into the issue, when you delve into an experience or your trauma, you're intentionally picking at it for mm-hmm. a time and then letting it heal finally. We're getting deep. We're getting so deep. I got chills. I got chills. No, but this is all very, um, very important. And I think one of the things that I love about your work um, the most, like kind of the overarching like energy over it, if you will, is the fact that you're speaking directly to women, especially who don't talk about it. Yeah. So you're saying like, I acknowledge you. I am one of you. I was once one of you in terms of not speaking about it. But this work is speaking directly to you. I hope it resonates with you. And I hope that it also allows you to then speak up to explore your trauma, explore your pain Mm -hmm. and to really embark on a path toward like loving yourself, really, really loving yourself in everything. Um, You know, the dark, the darkness, the light, all of that about you. That's what I love about your work, because you're basically gently encouraging all of us who have. You know, whether it's like daddy issues, if you will, even though I don't even really like that term, but we all know what I mean when I say that or, (laughs) you know, like uh, self-deprecating, like um, like routines that we do in our life, like whatever, you know, you're just saying like, you know, I'm affirming you and it's okay to talk about it. It's okay because we all experience this in one Mm -hmm. way or another. Yeah. And, you know, 
it was very hard to even publish this body of work. But I think a part of my um, healing was, you know, I was tired of being silenced. I was tired of people, you know, telling me, well, yeah, you've been through it. Um, It happened so long ago and you should be okay now. There's no point in talking about it. Um, And so I think just this idea of, I'm, I refuse to be silenced. I refuse um, to allow anyone to tell me um, that, you know, I could, there were certain things that I couldn't speak about. Um, I was, and, and, you know, it, it was so hard, though, to get to that space where I was like, no, this work needs to be out there. Because like you said, it does speak to women everywhere. Um, And I think one of the major themes is, you know, don't allow anyone to silence you. Um, Don't allow anyone to, you know, tell you, you know, this happened so long ago, it's time to get over it. Um, One of my mentor and I were talking um, a couple of days. Well, I think it's been about a week. um, And she was just telling me, you know, people who put us through these traumatic experiences they make it your story and you are you have the right to tell your story you know what i mean and you have the right to tell your story in any way you see fit and that and i have to carry that with me every day because even you know even putting this body of work out you know this is it's healing within itself um but but like she said, I, we have to realize you have the right to speak up about these traumatic experiences. They have become your story. They're a part of you. And going back to speaking about this scab um, and these wounds, um, something I talk about in the book um, is, you know, one thing that never goes away oftentimes is the scar. You know, we'll always have these scars, but but our scars tell stories. And that's, I think that's so beautiful about each and every one of us. Each and every one of us has a unique story to tell. We all have scars that we can talk about and uplift and inspire. Um, and, and that's why I think this, this, piece, this book is important for women everywhere. And I mean, to an extent, men as well, um, but definitely, definitely women. Who, you know, because I think so many of us deal with everything that I discuss in this book. And like you said, we don't talk about it. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I was actually wondering um, if you would feel comfortable sharing and reading one of your poems for us. I don't want to dictate what that is. Of course, I have some that I'm more drawn to than others uh, (laughs) just because it speaks to me in a very strong way. But um, if there's any that you know, are particularly dear to you or that you're really just enjoying at this in this chapter um, of your life right now, if, if you'd feel comfortable sharing. Of course. Scarred Celebration. He pointed to a scar that I believed had long faded. I was familiar with that scar. 
just like I was familiar with the way his forehead creased when he wasn't sure of a thing, or the way he lightly snickered before a burst of laughter took over. He was concerned. He wanted to know their stories. He wanted to know when they were born, if I noticed that any of them started to die. He wanted to know about the ones present and the ones that no longer occupied space on my body. He wanted to know if I missed any of them. He pointed to my scars, asked me if I loved any of them, asked me which ones I appreciated. He pointed to the scars that were self-inflicted. He ran his fingers over them gently as if the wound were still open. His tears fell upon them as if he had witnessed my skin being unsealed. I told him about the nights I would witness my skin running away from a blade, a game of cat and mouse. I told him about the silent tears that felt loud. He asked me why. I told him it made me forget. He pointed to the scars that I believed had long faded. The wound heals no matter how deep the cut. It's the scar that may never go away. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. This is beautiful. Yeah, it's always beautiful to hear a poet read their poetry, you know, in, in their own voice because you hear different intonations or like you might even hear a, a particular interpretation just by the way that you that you read it. So thank you. Thank you. We also want to just chat in general about your wellness and self-care practices. I mean, you've shared about writing and therapy as two forms that have allowed you to heal. Um, obviously, at Black Girl and Ohm, we advocate for so many different types of wellness rituals and self-care routines. Um, what else are you personally practicing right now or personally drawn towards starting to practice? Yeah, um, I've actually been really drawn to um, meditation. Um, and I think it's been about a month or two. Um, and I don't even know how it happened. I literally just, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was in this routine, um, of waking up and the first thing I do is reach for my phone. Most I of think us we do. all do that. We're a lot so of us guilty. Do. <laughs> I do it all the time. And you know, I started realizing how it was setting the tone for my day. Um, I would see something, it would upset me and my whole day would just you know, kind of, it would be like, it would just have, um, it would just be a negative day. I'd, I'd have a bad day. Everything would go wrong. Um, and I took a step back and one morning I woke up and, you know, I didn't reach for my phone. I actually, um, in our home, um, in our condo apartment, whatever, I have, um, a, an office space. Um, and we painted the walls this really pretty teal color. So it's very warm and welcoming and open. Um, and one morning I just stepped into my office. I closed the door. I lit a couple of candles and I just sat in the middle of the room. Um, and, and, you know, I, I haven't, I've never really practiced meditation. 
Um, I wasn't sure if I was doing it right, but I just sat in that space for about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and I just, you know, inhaled, exhaled. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how I've been starting my morning. Um, this semester, I actually enrolled um, in a meditation course um, just to try to, um, I guess, gain an actual practice. Um, so I've been, that's been really helpful. Um, in the class, um, the instructor requires us to meditate in the morning and then right before bed. Um, so it's been really amazing. Um, I dab in yoga a little. My sister is, um, she actually started, um, teaching um like yoga in the park a couple of weeks ago it was her first um yoga class so i've been doing that yoga outside is the best too it's it so is great. and it the is. space that she does it um there's this oh my god there's this huge tree that we practice under and um at the end she has us all like laying on our backs and she's and our eyes are closed and um she's speaking affirmations um and a couple of weeks ago when we did it I opened my eyes and this tree was just so beautiful and it was like her voice and the leaves were just swaying it was just it was so serene and um so I I you know I dab in yoga but really meditation um, has been really helpful and so amazing just in my current moment of healing. That's amazing. You know, we both love that. Zaki and I both yes. practice both. both so. <laughs> Although I have been a little inconsistent with um, meditating recently, so I need to get back into that. Well, that's the great thing, though, about both yoga and meditation, I find. As soon as you fall away, you already are pulled back to it and you're wondering why you don't. And then when you start to cultivate it again, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like coming home again. It's great. I was wondering um, about the process, too, of creating this book. So I know you chose very intentionally to self-publish. And I mean, that's a big thing, like as an artist and a creative to choose to just do it on your own. Yeah. I, like I said, I started writing this book about three years ago, um, and I never expected it to become what it has become. Um, but um, but yeah, so I started it about three years ago, um, and last year in February, um, I was approached by a small publishing company um, in L.A., um, and they had just started out. Um, they had already published about four or five, um, books of poetry, um, written by a few other, um, poets on Instagram. Um, and you know, I was just, I was so excited at the beginning of the year. I was like, this is my year. I'm going to publish a book. Um, and then they approached me. So I was like, you know, the universe is really working in my favor. Um, so um, throughout the year, I finished the manuscript, but there was a lot of back and forth with my release date. They kept pushing it um, back. Um, and by, 
I think they pushed my release date back about three or four times. Um, and then by end of December, I reached out to um, another poet who's well known on Instagram. Um, and, you know, I was asking her questions because she had they had released her book. Um, and so I was asking her, you know, or just, you know, confiding in her um, and telling her, you know, this is kind of what I've been dealing with with them. They keep giving me a new release date. What should I do? And I mean, she emailed me back in seven minutes and she was like, run, get away from them. Um, don't do it. And I was devastated because, um, you know, you you put your art in someone else's hands and you expect them to take care of it the way that you would. You res- you expect them to um, honor your work the way that you do. Um, and you know, I I was devastated. I mean, she gave me tips on how to self-publish, but I was like, I can't do this on my own. Like, there's no way that I can do this. Um, And so for about, I mean, it was a good mm, three to four months before I even started working on Anonymous again. Because you were so discouraged from that whole process. Oh my gosh, I was so discouraged. Um, I was actually, I was on winter break when it happened. And I I just fell into such a depression um, because I was, you know, I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, maybe I'm, I'm not good enough. You know, those, that, that, that thing that we do. Um, and it it was just, I just, I had not been in such a dark space in such a long time. And I wasn't sure how, how I was going to get myself out of this space. Um, and I like slowly started working on anonymous again and I ended up having to have emergency surgery. I had to get my appendix out. So I was down for about two to three weeks. I mean, it was insane. But like the day after my surgery, something in me was like, this is our time to get anonymous done. That's awesome. It was insane. Like I'm in pain. I'm supposed to be recovering. And all I could think about was getting this book done. Um, And I mean, that three weeks of my surgery, I was in bed just working all day, all night on this book. And, and I got it done. Um, And during that time, the universe was bringing people to me. Um, I have a friend in California. Um, you know, we, you know, we were talking off and on um, throughout the years, keeping in touch. Um, and during that time when I was working on it, he reached out to me and he's like, hey, what's going on with your book? And, you know, I was like, I'm working on it. I'm like, doing final edits and he was like I can design the cover I can do the layout (laughs) (laughs) divine timing it was just oh my god it was just so encouraging and I was just like yes let's get this done let's do this um and then um yeah and that's when I reached out to um Oh my God. I'm, I know I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Oh, Dion. Dion, Dion Ivory. <laughs> That's when I reached out to Dion and I was like, you know, I need your illustrations in this book. 
Um, and I, I just knew that that would just top everything off. And I mean, her illustrations in this book. Gorgeous. They're so beautiful. So amazing. Even the symbolism behind some of them that I'm sure were intentional. But the, the I think the first illustration I saw in it of the little girl and then the dad and there's only half drawn. That to me like symbolized like, you know, like this idea of you and your father being like one person or you're supposed to be. You know, I was like, okay, Dion, you're deep. You're all <laughs> kinds of deep up in this book. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even, I mean, I sent her the pieces that um, the illustrations, you know, would um, be a part of. Um, I gave her, like, brief uh, details about the piece, and I was just like, you know, do your thing. And when she emailed them back to me, I was I was blown away. Um, but, but yeah, so that's kind of the story of how anonymous came to be. I mean, those, that, those three weeks that I worked on it, I mean, the universe brought so much to me. I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I just couldn't believe the way everything transpired. Um, so I am, it just, it makes me so proud because I've always been the type of person who starts something, but never finishes it. Um, and so to just have this book in my hands and in the world, it's just, I don't know. It's amazing when you see yourself the way your supporters and the people who believe in you see you. Definitely, It's so amazing. I. The support that I have, it's so powerful, but I never saw the potential in myself that everyone else did. And to finally see that, it just, it inspires me to continue to do more and always be better. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) And also speaking of, I'm really interested to know, um, what was the root of choosing that title, Anonymous? So... About a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, this quote, um, actually in the beginning of the book, um, by Virginia Woolf, well, not in the beginning, it's after the intro, but for most of history, Anonymous was a woman. That quote, within a week's time frame, I heard that quote three times. Wow. Wow. It was like... (laughs) That was a clear sign. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, wow, like, I love that. That's amazing. A couple of days later, I heard it again. And I was like, "Okay, all right. No, that's that's fine. Like, what are we what are we trying to do here? (laughs) And then the third time I was like, this quote needs to be in the book. And and yeah. And then I just that's where anonymous came from. I just took anonymous from there. Um, And I mean, that quote, it just. It just, I mean, obviously it spoke to me. The universe was like trying to do something, bringing it to me three times. But, um, but yeah, it's just so powerful. And for, for a long time, even growing up, you know, I was, I was taught to believe that my voice didn't matter, um, that I was supposed to exist um on this earth um silent 
not to speak up for myself, not to speak up about much of anything, um, that the male voice um, is the dominant voice. That's the voice that I was supposed to follow and listen to. That's the voice that was supposed to guide me. Um, and, and, you know, I was taught that I was supposed to, you know, be anonymous, um, almost, you know, taught to be present, but not fully exist. Um, and, and this, this book is, saying no like this is me finding my voice and and finding the power in my voice um so i think that's that's kind of what that's what anonymous means for me and i think that's why the quote was so powerful and why mm-hmm. it kept presenting itself mm-hmm. to me that's beautiful and you yeah. were also in a space to be able to receive that and then discern that that was supposed to be the title of your book i think sometimes we receive signs in our lives but we're not even able to be open to it yeah. You know what I mean? Like it takes sometimes time. Like it's it's like it's like divine timing for you to have even been able to receive that message and embrace it. And then also thinking about um, what we were saying earlier about people feeling like affirmed through like their journeys of like healing. I also mm-hmm. feel like that speaks like this idea of being anonymous speaks to other women who may not even have had the chance to like you know, share their story or share like their traumatic experiences or even like release things. So I feel that, you know, this is, I see it as a testament to like those women who haven't yet found their voices, but are also still very much affirmed. Um, I think too, you and and I and Zakia spoke before the show about doing a giveaway um, yes. you have some shirts <laughs> that your cousin made for you for the release of anonymous to give away. And then you wanted to also give away, um, a signed copy. So maybe we can give away, um, a t-shirt and a signed copy to someone who shares on Instagram. One thing this week, so the re- release, the, the week that we release this episode that they're going to choose not to be silent about anymore. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's important to say, too, we won't select the winner of the T-shirt and the signed copy based off of like how deep or how vulnerable you choose to go. If you want to. Fantastic. That's beautiful. We'll choose at random. So, you know, just basically share authentically and just make sure that you um, tag both Black Girl Gnome as well as Aniza's Instagram. And could you share your Instagram account with everyone? Yes. Um, so. Should I spell it or should I? I should probably spell it. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my Instagram is A-N-I-S-A-H-A-M-A-T underscore. Um, so Nisa Amat. And um, yeah, that's my Instagram. So definitely tag me as well. Perfect. And we'll be sure to share about it on our Instagram as well so people know. But I just think. I mean, your work, as we've discussed, inspires so many women to speak up. And so why why don't we just, you know, give that one more gentle nudge for women to also share and connect about this as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for the giveaway. (laughs) Finding comfort in yourself. It took many moons for me to believe in myself. It was something I had to teach myself how to do. I had to understand what it meant to be comfortable with showing up in every room as myself. 
I had to be comfortable with who I was, with who I became. I had to be confident within the spaces I chose to occupy with an awareness that I deserved to be within those spaces. I had to claw away at the hate that grew around my soul to find love and learn how to give it to myself. I still have moments when I lack the belief and love and confidence in myself, but it is all a part of the process. There is no final destination. There is no right or perfect way to love yourself. It is all a journey, always growing and forever changing. Thank you, Anisa. Thank you so much. So I'll, I'll guide a brief meditation now for everyone listening. If you're able to, you can close your eyes now. But if you're not able to, you can just get still and maybe focus on a spot out in front of you that's unmoving to channel your energy to and to, to receive some grounding from. And just begin to hone into your breath. Just notice the rise and the fall of your chest, the expansion of your lungs, the up and down of your belly. Just cultivate awareness without choosing to alter or change anything about yourself right now. And you might begin to cultivate more intentional breaths in through your nose and out through your nose. Trying to find more depth and expansion with every inhale and a full release with each and every exhale. Take a moment to acknowledge any areas of tension, stress that you might be holding within your body. And with every exhale, you might invite that tension to release, to let go. Continue deep, intentional breaths in through your nose and out through your nose. Now you may shift your attention to your heart. Notice the beat. Become aware of how fast or how slow it's beating. And any sensations or feelings that arise from honing in on your heart. And also choose to repeat to yourself within your mind or perhaps silently to yourself. I am comfortable in myself. I am comfortable in myself. I am comfortable in myself. Still maintain those deep breaths in and out and still maintain your focus on your heart center. 
notice any changes that arise, any internal immediate responses to this phrase, I am comfortable in myself. And avoid attaching any meaning, any value at all to any of the sensations or feelings that arise in response to that phrase. Simply become aware. I am comfortable in myself. Continue to breathe in and out. In through your nose and out through your nose. Always releasing a thought, a distraction, something that doesn't serve you with your exhale. And now you can shift to a new affirmation, a new, on, a new mantra. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Inhale. And release. Still focus on your heart. Notice, without attachment, the sensations, feelings, thoughts that arise with that mantra. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. To return back to what some might call the real world, you can take three giant breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. No rush, especially if you're at home. But just take some time to dwell on what came up for you during this meditation. On the sensations, feelings, and thoughts that may have arised. Again, avoiding attaching any meaning or judgment to anything, but rather allowing this to be a process of understanding yourself a little bit better. You might journal, you might write, you might talk to someone, but just to more intimately get to know yourself and where you're at right now. So, Anisa, thank you again for inspiring the meditation. Thank you. That was amazing. I was inspired. I mean, I've been wanting to guide another meditation on the podcast. Um, the The only one that I've done on the podcast was the first was the first episode. And um, when I was reading your poetry this morning before the episode, I thought, you know, I think today might be the day because I think it connects a lot with the work that you do. I think poetry is also a meditation in some ways. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. That was so amazing. I guess just a final, yeah, I do have one more thing that I want to share just for the women listening. Um, 
one thing that was always hard for me to convince myself of is that um, you are enough um, and you're worthy. You're worthy of um, loving yourself. You're worthy of receiving pure and unconditional love. Um, And it's okay to let go of things that no longer serve you. Um, You know, people try to convince us that we have to deal with negative vibes and um, people who don't uplift us. It's okay to accept them into our lives. Um, But it's okay to, you know, to, um, to release that energy. It's okay to let go um, of all things and people who no longer serve you. It doesn't matter who they are. Um, and, you know, the hardest thing for me has been to let go of um, people who I share DNA with. It's the hardest thing, but it's necessary for your growth and your development and your healing. Um, so, so yeah, always look out for you first. Take care of you first um, because you're who, you're what's important. Um, so that's my final, my final thought, I guess. I'm going to put that in my journal <laughs> okay. and save it. <laughs> Very powerful Thank words you. to end on and necessary. I think that someone many many people were were supposed to hear that right now namely myself but um thank you for choosing to end on that of course thank you both so much so where can everyone find you online and otherwise yes so my um website um is anisaali.com um and my instagram and my twitter are the same um anisaamat underscore um, so that's where I am. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think that we want to do one more giveaway of just your book. So the first giveaway again, ladies who are listening was for the book and a lovely t-shirt. The second one is for a book. Um, maybe if, um, if everyone could share, um, maybe something that came up during the meditation. So, um, you know, a realization or a thought, or something that you that you dwelled on during the meditation, if you participated, um, and same thing, share on Instagram. Um, we'll sh- we'll pick randomly, but just make sure that you tag both Black Girl Gnome and Anisa in your content. I'm looking forward to seeing all the responses and what came up for everyone. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. We will connect soon for sure. Thank you. Just thank you for sharing your story um, and being vulnerable with our listeners. Of course. I think it's so important and not many of us do it, but I think it's important. So thank you for just allowing a space for me to be vulnerable and share my story. Thanks again for listening. Please Remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. Also, find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, you can follow us on Snapchat. 
Special thank you to Kali B and Peter Espenson for the awesome jams throughout our podcast episode. This was also a production of Post Loudness, a collective of independent audio shows by people of color, women, and queer identified hosts. This episode was produced by James T. Green and also mixed by James T. Green. Hello? Yes, so do I. Post Loudness.